This episode of the NMBD podcast is sponsored by Capital.com. Capital.com is one of Europe's fastest growing regulated investment trading platforms. They enable people to confidently participate in financial markets by taking the complexity out of investing with secure, low friction, innovative platforms. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Money But Dreams podcast. And we are back where? At the original studio. Where it all started. Yes. We just felt this space uh, gives we us... We vibed more with the space. We felt more comfortable here. And uh, we think that we're going to produce way better content. And the team at Podstar. Uh, yeah. Uh, www.podstar.com <laughs> is a underrated. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Anyways, let's get started. Tark. What are we going to be talking about today? Why does it matter? And uh, welcome back from your from your trip, Mr. Yes. Dadbod, ex CEO. Yes, ex Dadbod, not ex CEO. Ex ex Dadbod, <laughs> that's true, man. Um, yeah. So today I want to share something. Um, I recently got a compliment uh, that oh, I'm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that I'm uh, someone that works from first principles. Okay. Which um, I had heard about before in the tech scene usually mm -hmm. and uh, isn't, isn't that where you dig down something like you keep asking well, well let me give you the definition okay fine uh, you've written it down you've yes. prepped thank god you prepped yes so um uh, first principle thinking is a problem solving technique that requires you to break down a complex problem into its most basic fundamental uh, foundational elements first principles is basically a, a fancy way of saying think like a scientist because mm -hmm. scientists never assume anything. Yeah. Right? And this really uh, resonated with me. Mm -hmm. So after I had uh, looked up what it actually means, I started thinking... And so the first, when, when someone did tell you that you're like, you're like, you know what I do, actually? I, I work <laughs> off first principles. And then later in the evening, you're like, oh, yeah, I do. No, I want to know uh, the exact definition and what it actually means. And then I started thinking about... Um, where do I actually apply this? And is this just someone giving me a compliment or should I take this serious? Yeah, and, and how can you consciously apply it on a regular basis? Exactly. So um, it got me interested. I did more research. And then today and this episode, I really want to talk about from a corporate perspective and from an entrepreneurship perspective, why coming from first principles is so important for the listeners. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people could benefit from this. Problem solving is something that a lot of people need. But it also can show your value to a specific uh, project, to the company, to your own business. And eliminates a lot of the, oh, we can't do this because of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or this is too complicated. We have never done it this way. Mm -hmm. This really gets under my skin when someone says this. Like I, yeah. I get infuriated and I, I want to um, change things because I know that they can be done better. And some people may not have the full picture and you just need to keep going and going and going and going until you find a way to really get down to the, to the issue that you're trying to solve. So what triggers this first principle thinking in me is, as I just said, someone saying that you can't do something. Or when I look at data or a specific thing from a new angle, and I really truly believe that we can do this better, yeah. I will try and go down a rabbit hole until I figure out how we can do this better. Mm -hmm. right? And I know that you're also someone that works from first principles, even though we may not be aware of it uh, as much. Um, but 
I want to go through the examples that we have experienced together. Sure. Um, and for you to also give some of the examples of, you know, you wouldn't be successful, you wouldn't be where you are today if you hadn't applied this many times over. So I think by giving examples, people will be able to relate to us and our situation where we applied this and then take it away and do it in their own circumstances. For sure, definitely. Right, so the first one I want to use is uh, one that we have actually worked on uh, together, um, which was most recently, when we sat down kind of, I think it was at the beginning of the year, where we said, um, where we looked at the business, where we looked at Burger 28, and we said, you know, how can we take it now to the next kind of level, and how can we replicate uh, something like the volcano mm -hmm. in your business, right? And bear with us, we talk about Burger 28 a lot, but it is a great way to show how you can think about something and then implement it straight away, which in the business world is not always the yeah, case. Yeah, it's right? definitely way more complicated in a, in a big organization to say that you want to make a change and then it's change not, right there. It's not just more complicated. More complicated is because there's a lot of people involved, right? Yeah. But because you're the ultimate decision maker, you can make decisions much, much quicker. Yeah. Right? So... Um, but just coming coming to that, even though I am the ultimate decision maker, I have tried to inspire people who I've hired or people who are maybe below me but in leadership positions to try and persuade them to do something sometimes. And when you are going down to first principles, like for example, your revenue is down 25%. Okay, why is it down 25%? And one of the first things is is could be that you're potentially not resonating with the customer anymore, especially when you've built a reputation over being somewhere that you're going to Instagram, take pictures, it's slightly over the top, which is a concept which burger 28 is it's, it's a show right so if the show starts to get a bit boring you as the owner start to think okay what can i do to increase the footfall and the interest in this brand which was the situation that we we had faced okay but the pushback that you sometimes get from people who are not willing to be looking at things on first principles like oh no that's complicated oh we need to add another thing to the menu or we need to do this yeah but if that generates 45 percent extra sales then just just do it. Like what? I'm not going to sit here and keep asking or talking about it, even though in the beginning you are trying to push a certain agenda. You know, so I think that's something that comes in. I'm sure you face that as well in a lot of things, which is a pushback when you do start asking why or you start digging into a problem to figure out a solution for it. People are very inventive with the reasons of why something can't be done. That's yeah. that's for sure, right? But as long as you keep probing and keep going down to the root cause you should always be able to find a solution. And here, I, I want to go back to the example where we sat down and we said, hey, we want to create something that is a new revenue driver, right? And we started this by saying, hey, let's look at other things that are currently viral online yeah. that we think we could incorporate into the menu. Mm -hmm. And it was literally as basic as going online, spending a lot of time, trying to find the things that are viral and places like tiktok instagram it's very easy to find viral content very quickly because yeah, the algorithm pushes viral content too. exactly so once you go down the rabbit hole you will find 20 ideas very very quickly mm -hmm. right and then it comes down to decision making on what you can actually implement in your business yes Right. And we did this and you have launched a number of new initiatives in, in the last quarter to try and 
keep the show going exactly and keep the customer coming back but something that is maybe that you have realized over the last quarter even more is um the shift from the customer yes going from in store which yeah. we were very we can use our dubai shop as an example yeah maybe maybe just talk about it and what this first principle thinking has led you to and how the strategy has changed yeah so essentially from the very early stages as you're aware i was really against delivery because they take 30% of your revenue uh, at that point in time i thought that when you go onto an aggregator you have so much choice so the chances of you choosing burger 28 again or whatever restaurant for that matter is lower they're not as sticky etc so i was strategy wise was completely against delivery how do i get people into the store and the strategy of making the show is what drives people into the store mm. right so that's why burger 28 as a strategy as a social media as the way it communicates the brand itself is really out there it's engaging and everything is focused on how do i drive the customer to the store even the fact that we take your order at your table it's not like nando's where you go up to the counter and then they give you everything was thought about on how can you increase that touch customer touch experience to make it unique every single time make you want to share it now when you go through a bit of a hard time or you see sales go down and you're trying to figure out why one of those things was as we did was looking at okay how do we drive more customers to the location. We came up with a few things that did drive customers but then it died down a little bit. So you start digging a bit deeper, right? You start looking at other people, other brands, what are they doing? Who's successful? Why are they moving? Why 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 why? Exactly what you're mm -hmm. saying, you know? And it's difficult to keep asking why when the thing that is actually potentially the answer is really against all your original first principles, you mm -hmm. know what I mean, which was kind of the case and The more I dig deeper into delivery, there's a lot more growth for me for Burger 28 in delivery because I focus so much on driving traffic to the store. But then I dug even deeper. I started looking at my myself. What's my consumer habits? And there's so many times that you'll go online and you'll say, you know what? I want to try something different. And you end up ordering the same thing that you've been ordering every single week. For example, if you eat a burger a week from the same aggregator from the same vendor on the aggregator even down probably to the same product mm. so you said that they take 30% yes so every time that they order the money that you make on that customer isn't as high exactly you don't make all the revenue because there's a cost yes but the um lifetime value is higher yes exactly so lifetime so the rep repetition of orders And talk talk about let's maybe brief people that don't understand like customer acquisition cost, for example. Yeah, exactly. So if you acquire someone on an aggregator, yeah, and this this goes for any business, guys. And actually, going down the rabbit hole that I've gone down with Tarek of us being kind of obsessed with startups and startup entrepreneurs and understanding startups has like brought these kinds of ideas into your mind, which are applicable to every business, mm. CAC lifetime value like they sound ridiculous or they sound like something which a restaurant wouldn't have to think about but they're valid for everything and yeah. sorry to so if you do an ad uh, on one of these aggregators and you get someone yeah um and they stay with you then on the first time they may be worth let's say five bucks right actual profit 
Yeah. But if that guy orders from you every week for half a year, that customer is worth a lot more than someone that may visit your store once a month. Or And what's even more interesting is if you dig down deeper into consumer habits, how much easier is it to order food on your phone? I, I counted the clicks. Mm. Open Deliveroo. If I've ordered Burger 28 again, it's in my recently ordered. I click once. Do you want to order again? It's three clicks. Mm. Open the iPhone, reads my face, click Deliveroo, click order again. Yeah. Very, very seamless experience. It's a seamless experience. Compare that to, let's go to Burger 28, call my friend, get in the car, drive the car, go to Burger 28, order, etc. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and when you break it down, again, we're coming to the first principle. When you break it down, it's, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Mm. why the customer is going to be stickier. Mm. On top of that, he lives next to you. So the fact that he has to move his home, which he's probably going to do once a year or maybe twice a year, yeah. for you to break that link. But if you're in enough locations and you cover the whole city, for example, Dubai, no matter where he goes, that loyalty is going to remain. And the interesting uh, thing that I told oh, you... Yeah. Also, like if you're only chasing the show all the time, like the show, it's like a hit. And yeah. then after it's gone. You know and it doesn't I mean? pay the bills. No, it doesn't. I mean, you get likes and stuff, but it doesn't pay the bills. Like people have to actually order and eat your food. For sure. And because your food is good, people will repeat order. Yeah. Right? I mean, we believe in the product. Mm. Uh, heart, like hands down, we yeah. believe in the product. So it's just a matter of scaling it and expanding. Yeah. And the interesting thing, what I told you before we expanded together was that you spent all this money on social media and you have actually created a show which a lot of other restaurants can't create. Yeah. Right? They're not good at creating this. And when you actually go into some of these dark kitchens and stuff, they actually make you spend money on marketing so that you are promoting and they can easily get orders. Uh, through, 100%. Right? You're you already doing this. Yeah. You're already doing this. You already have now national coverage with, with your stores. Yeah. Now on the delivery side, it is just increasing or reducing the slack in the kitchens and getting added revenue to your income stream. Exactly. And what is this, uh, what it did to our restaurant was that the split at the beginning was kind of 70-30. Yeah. And now it's more 50-50. Yes. Which is crazy. Yeah. We, if I had told you this two years ago, you would have told me to get, get lost. A hundred percent. That's why yeah. also never say never and never stop being curious. Yeah. And I think coming back to first principles... Because you're asking why all the time and you're always looking for the root cause or trying to see what the root cause is, then you always will get to some sort of solution. Yeah. And another thing I noticed also coming back is that during COVID, a lot of restaurants obviously closed. So when the restrictions were lifted, there was obviously pent up demand from people who were living at home and less restaurants. So boom, directly out of COVID, our sales numbers were great. Mm. You know what I mean? Compared to, to what they were before. But then at that time, a lot of people had saved money. So everybody wanted to invest their money. People who didn't lose their jobs, etc. Mm. And the first thing that people that can easily do is there's no defendable moat and there's no like intellectual property or algorithm or anything complicated. They can open a restaurant, for example. So you had a bunch of restaurants coming online. Yeah. So everybody was going to a new place every other week, right? So you start to lose that regular customer. But the delivery customer is not as easily swayed. Mm. You know? So I, I think that was a very interesting example of really digging down deep and, and changing a whole strategy. Yeah. I will give uh, another example now from my kind of day-to-day -day, um, that actually happened today. 
What? Um, today? Yes, yes, it happened today. So we had a guy, we had a client complain. Yeah. And um, the complaint was written or was um, highlighted to me. He wrote an email where he used as many swear words as you can imagine. Oh my God. In English. Yes. So the guy had been with us for 15 months and he has been a very pleasant customer uh, since, but he had a problem and he wasn't really being heard until he switched language and became outrageous, mm. right? And the first reaction is, you know, you're not going to speak to that guy. Like you just want to get rid of this client, yeah, right? And a lot of people reacted like this in, in the organization. Yeah, everybody say, oh no, he's crazy. He's swearing. We don't need him. Exactly. Yeah. What, what is another customer? He's way too much headache. And exactly. And it's not worth it. Yeah. So I listened to a 30-minute uh, phone call between us and, and the client. And in this phone call, he outlines what he wants. Mm -hmm. And it is not money. He outlines the problem that there is. Mm. And he outlines that he has got enough proof for all of this um, to like be very valid and come out and show that we're in the wrong. Yeah. Right. And my first instinct, and I was being pressured from the whole company to basically make a decision to cut this client loose. But I, I thought that was too easy. And I went the complete opposite route. And I started digging and working from first principles. And here this is a really good example for how everyone can just step aside and take a moment and try to solve a problem at its root. Because yeah. if this client has this problem, many other clients will have this problem yeah. as well. Right? If one customer doesn't like something uh, in your process, in your, in your menu or in the service, then by fixing it, you have so much more upside than trying to get rid of the client, right? So I just spent another hour trying to speak to different people in the organization and come up with a solution that will actually fix this problem. And it's not an easily fixable problem, but by just talking about it, I found out that people had heard about this but they have it kind wasn't of the first it, time. It's been brushed under brushed the carpet. Brushed aside. We thought it wasn't an issue anymore. Mm. And people didn't take it serious. And yeah. this guy, because he went nuts, uh, um, has now raised the attention mm. of the right kind of people to get it fixed. Yeah. And that, you know, just because someone in the organization is telling you, oh, no, this can't be done. This is not how we do things. Or it's not important. You shouldn't just go away. You should think and come up with a strategy or come up with reasoning of why this needs to be fixed. Yeah. Right? And that, it was very funny. Like on the drive here, I thought about this. And it's so funny that we're talking about this now. And on the same day, it happened yeah. where I have an example where this can potentially get us a lot more happy customers, make a lot more revenue yeah. if this is fixed. So these things, they have big implement, uh, implications mm. for your business going forward. Definitely. Right? The same as, you know, if you now be uh, are able to go instead of 70-30 splits and not rely so heavily on dine-in customers anymore and it's more 50-50, that's a, you're more, much more diversified. And if there's another lockdown or whatever the next thing will be that will be an obstacle in, in growth for you, uh, you'll be able to deal with that a lot better. I mean, what was the biggest issue in, in Burger 28? Finding a location, right? Mm. That goes away if you have no front of house. Yeah. 
you can go into a dark kitchen straight away. No landlord can raise the prices anymore. That are just you don't like ridiculous. it, you give your notice, you leave. You don't have yeah. to write five years of checks. Yeah. You don't have to do the fit out. How much is the fit out? The kitchen is actually not worth that much, especially if you're buying secondhand kitchen equipment. Thank yeah. you, Tark. And <laughs> <laughs> never buying new kitchen equipment ever again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So your cost to expand is far less. Yeah. And we spoke about scalability. That's the key to everything. I mean, when Reef uh, launched 150 different locations. For Mr. Beast. Yeah. yeah. Or Overnight. Or DJ Khaled with yeah. his wings. Yeah, That's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. But right? that kind of scalability is only available if you're able to build an online brand. Yeah. And this is like the internet companies and everything that's gone online. It's the same thing that's happened to restaurants. And I was a bit slow to it because I, wa- I didn't, I wasn't curious, mm. you know, and I brushed it away. I wasn't using first principles from the, from the moment that I thought this is a bit different. I was like, no, no, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, which was a mistake yeah. in retrospect. Yeah. And this also teaches you to always stay open. A hundred percent. That's this year. This year is, is where I learned honestly, just to always keep your eyes and ears open, keep reading, yeah. keep looking at other people, understanding, seeing where the market is going. Like, don't be with the horse blinkers on, you know? This, this for me, has been so interesting that, you know, I've been in this industry now for 10 years, right? 10 and years, man. Yeah, I mean, Burger 20, it's almost six, dude. Yes. So you have got industry experience and clearly you're clouded by your own judgment and by your own experience. 100%. Right? It actually almost works against you. Yes. Because you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, and then when you... You know, I've changed companies three times, right? And every company has done things in slightly different ways. Yeah. But this company, a lot of things work in a completely different way because they're only five years old. Yeah. Right? So they're a lot more tech-driven, a lot more data-driven. There's a lot more opportunity. And looking at things of a really old kind of industry with a fresh pair of eyes just has allowed me to grow and understand things from a completely different angle. And just because you're in sales or because you're in marketing or in compliance or wherever you sit, what you have been taught five years ago or what your experience is like doesn't mean that you can apply this to the current day, right? Like crypto in 2016, 70 was very fringe. Yep. Now mainstream. it's very mainstream mm-hmm. and your competitors potentially change you're potentially not competing to the same people that you were competing four or five years ago anymore yeah you gotta be able to compete with people on user acquisition level on a social front whereas google ppc was a standard in our industry like five six years ago right but now it's all about um viral content and viral user acquisition right so you learn so much by staying open and by not thinking that anything that you know is the one-all-be-all uh, one kind of solution. you got to stay open. you got to want to learn. And first principles really help you here because any problem that there is, you can keep asking why. And you can ask yourself, but you can also ask others and challenge others yeah. to get to really the core and then make the best decision. And don't stay stay there and say, no, no, it has to be done this way or it has to be done that way. You. And it takes a bit of vulnerability to allow yourself to say, I may be wrong here. A little bit. It takes a lot. Yes, it takes a lot. But once you get over yourself, which is what you do with wisdom, wisdom gets you there. That's why I feel that I've, I mean, 
I just turned 34 and I feel that as far as like wisdom is concerned and being very like open to listening to criticism and asking why, why are we not the best delivery? Like, why is this burger joint better at delivery than us? Mm. That's not acceptable. Yeah. Okay. We're going to become the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, uh, humility and like being honest with yourself and understanding, like the more people think they know stuff, uh, the less open they are for this. And, and the more, yeah, yeah, carry on. No, go ahead. The more you accept that you're not perfect and that you are always there to keep learning yeah. and keep improving, the the better I think you will act in these situations and be able to apply first principles. I agree 100%. Coming back to one important point, listening to your clients, man. Mm. I think so many businesses don't take the time to just listen to their clients. And you can learn so much from that. And yeah. you've proven it today. Listening to your clients. And one thing that I thought about whilst you were talking about your new strategy of kind of like expanding on, on this side is what do you do on the delivery platforms was really important to get someone to first time uh, order from you is reviews, right? Yeah. Is your rating. Mm -hmm. What do you do on that? That's something you should take away and think about how can you increase the amount of positive ratings and not by doing anything dodgy, but sometimes just nudging your customers to leave you a positive review can change your whole, because if you go from a 4.1 to a 4.4 or 4.7, there's a lot more people that because of social proof will give you a try. And once they have you, I know hands down your product is amazing, but that will start this flywheel effect uh, exactly 100 yeah, exactly definitely okay cool. let's wrap it up yeah i hope you were able to take something away from this episode if there's one thing just keep asking why exactly keep asking why and keep applying this to your um situation wherever you are uh whether you're in a business or a business owner it can only help i agree 100 thank you for tuning in like and subscribe thanks <laughs>